Welcome everyone joining us on a brand new edition and a brand new year of the Sacramento State Hornets Stingers Up Football Podcast. Oh, football is back and it's so good to be here. I'm your host, Jason Ross. And expectations have hit the Hornets after what they have done in their last two full seasons under head coach Troy Taylor. It's a year in which expectations have landed on the Hornets and I think this team is ready to handle those expectations. And in our first podcast of season 2022, what we're going to do today is get a little bit of a preview on the offense, hear from the offensive coaches, the coaches that are going to be leading the way for the 2022 Hornets. Next week, we'll take a look at defense and special teams leading you up to the season opener, the home opener as well, when the Hornets will take on Utah Tech. Quirky schedule this year. Hornets open up at home for one, have a bye week, and then three consecutive road games before the season really starts to get rolling. But it's a strange schedule, but it's a new year and a year, like we said, with expectations coming on the hands of the Hornets based on what they have done the previous two full seasons under head coach Troy Taylor. In 2019, the Hornets surprised many by winning the Big Sky Conference. In 2021, after the COVID season, the Hornets went undefeated in the Big Sky, won the title, and then fell short in the postseason. So there are postseason goals. Again, I'm sure there are aspirations to win another Big Sky title, but the coaches, as you're going to hear from, will all say it starts with day one, week one, practice time, just all the routines, all the habits that they're trying to build to have a great 2022 season. So with that said, enough from me. Let's hear from the guys that have helped formulate this team and the offensive side is like we said, we're going to start. And we're going to start with the man in charge of all of it, and that is the head coach, Troy Taylor. And for coach, I mean, he's done such a brilliant job with this program so far. And when you have success, what happens? You get people looking at you. Troy Taylor, offseason, he was coveted. There were other programs, other schools, universities that wanted him to lead their football program. And that's very understandable, whether he was listening to Uh, Fresno State, Nevada, other schools that were looking at Troy Taylor. Thankfully, he's back with the Hornets and a lot of his staff as well. So I started by asking Coach about that as far as having so many of his coaches back for another year with the Hornets. We talk a lot about culture and continuity. And continuity is, yeah, when you've had success that people want your guys. And so our coaching staff and our support staff, everybody's been really loyal in terms of staying here. And part of it is just it's, it's a great place. It's a great university. Um, and I think they're happy. We have a really good time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel blessed to have this staff and have them still here. You've been successful pretty much everywhere you've gone, but I don't know. Has this surprised you at all? Two years, two conference titles. Um, it's been wildly successful. Yeah, we got good people. You know, it starts with our president and, and our AD and our staff and, and everyone and here, including yourself, including the team. I mean, we just got really good people in this program. So, um, and I think kids are attracted to that and uh, having success helps obviously, but, um, just surrounded by a bunch of good people that enjoy what they're doing are doing it for the right reason. And, uh, and success helps, but, uh, I'm not super surprised. I always thought we could be successful. I, I think I told you after our first, I was a little surprised it was that quick, you know, but um, we're bringing in good people, and, and, and if, as long as we continue to do that, I think we'll continue to have success. I mean, logically, someone would say, well, you win. More people want to play for you. Yeah. Are your recruits 
coming because of that or are they coming because of you and Bobby Frescas and Coach Cherokee and Paul? I mean, what are you hearing from the recruits that are coming? I think our staff does a really good job recruiting, developing relationships because at the end of the day, it is really about relationships. Now, kids want to play for a winner. I mean, you've been to some of these football powerhouses. I'm not going to pick on any towns or cities, but you go there and there's sometimes there's not a lot there, but Mm -hmm. kids from all over the country will go to wherever to play football. So um, I think winning definitely helps that but again it's the uh relationships um so i think it's it's uh it's part and parcels i mean it's both um and and you gotta you gotta have both i think uh the key for us is to continue to recruit and attract people that fit what we're looking for in terms of they'll make more kids may want to be here it's still we're looking for kids that love football love to compete don't feel entitled or really have a humility about them um, and want to get after and play football. And as long as we get those guys that fit into what we're doing, then we'll be okay. As we look to the season, just the schedule as an overview, quirky. I mean, it's you got your home games, you got your road, but to have a home opener, a bye, three straight road games, you got league coming up, yeah. some teams you miss, some you play. I mean, just as you look at it as a whole, I know it'll be a week by week thing. What did you think of the schedule? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the schedule here is a little bit quirky. I mean, first year was probably the most. I think we had the most difficult schedule in the the FCS. So the bye game's tough. I mean, it's not where you would ideally pick your bye game, but I've learned that you can't always predict that. Sometimes you get a bye week in an unexpected time. You're like, wow, this turned out to be a good time to have a bye week. So we get to play, and then we uh, get a chance to work on some some of the things that we need. Usually you see a lot of stuff in the first game that you didn't know either you're really good at it or you got to work on some stuff so that'll give us some time we'll make it work um you know we play have to play a lot of road games and that's okay we've been good on the road and um we'll just see how it plays out how's camp been going looking at obviously you're more responsible and looking at the offense all the time but you're looking at everything um the thought on the 2022 hornets good so far i think uh, ryan dietrich and his staff and the players are came in really good shape so we've had you know not any really any injuries so that's been good Uh, part of that's being lucky part of it is being in good condition and then learning how to practice we get a lot of reps a lot of team reps probably more than anybody in the country so our guys got to learn how to stay up and take care of each other and still be physical and I think being in the program for a while they've kind of learned to do that that you can be a tough physical team but be smart and take care of your teammates because the end of the day we got to get a lot of reps and we got to stay healthy and our guys have done a good job of that so I feel really good about our team what's the obviously there's a reason behind the reps why why is that beneficial for you guys to get that many in i mean just like you you you're a lot better at what you do now than you were 10 years ago True. because you've just done it a lot and you've gained experience you've gained confidence and there's an ease of what you do so it's no different um our guys just need reps um you try to simulate a game as much as you can there's only so much you can do um but just giving our guys a chance to play football we are not a school that's just going to work them out and train them really hard and then Uh, limit our team reps and just try and get our guys healthy the game we're going to try to get more practice reps than our opponent and and be better at what we do so part of that is putting yourself a little bit more at risk Um, but that's where practice and smart uh, comes into play and our guys for the most part bought into that what do you do in the off season as far as you know you call the offense is there a lot of tinkering is there let's polish what we've done how do you what's your thought process to try to make the offense even better yeah that's a great question um just like we ask our players to we need to be better so we reevaluate everything we've done um and we've made some little minor alterations some bigger alterations and the goal is ever since you know wherever i've been is you know improve upon what you're doing 
Um, and certainly you don't want to lose the essence of what you're about and those things. But uh, there's always room for improvement. You know, uh, complacent people think they've already arrived and that they just got to show up, and it just does not work that way. Everybody's getting better, so we got to be better as a coaching staff and better as players. So uh, we we look over everything, evaluate everything we're doing. Some of it's really good. Some of it's like, wow, this hasn't been great for us. So it's either eliminate or alter it. So that's a big thing for us. Once we get into the season, we're going to do what we've planned. We're not. There's not a lot of alterations once the season starts. So the offseason is really big because – we do spend a lot of time researching and evaluating things. And is that a um, plan, what's best for you, or, hey, we're playing Team X and this is going to fit best against them, or is there kind of a combo of that? Well, I mean, more, more of it is just like what we do. You know, we're, we're going to worry more about ourselves. Now, you know, there's trends that come in football, certain things that people are doing defensively and how it's affecting the game and how are you changing because the game's changing. Um, but for the most part, we're going to be who we are all of our stuff should be good versus everything. And if it's not, then we just will stop running it. Most important position is quarterback and to have Asher back, to have yeah. Jake back, even the support back behind yeah. them, Dorian and Caden. Um, it's got to be comforting to you to know that you've got multiple guys that have played a lot of college football. Yeah, the most important position. It's all about experience and getting quality repetitions. And our, our, we know what our guys can do. Um, and uh, now it's this, you know, again, improving on stuff maybe that they weren't as good at, um, both of them, um, and then uh, curtailing what we run offensively with each one of them. And then the young guys, getting them reps. They've gotten a lot of reps, Caden uh, Bennett and, and Dorian Hale, and so getting a chance to, to see them and, and, and get those reps and that data built up in their brain. I know last year it was unique. He went with two. Yeah. Uh, should we expect more of that? Yeah, it's going to be the same. I yeah. think I feel confident with both of them. Both of them could play the entire game, but uh, it works. So we'll we'll continue to do what we did last year. What'll help him is experience with them. A lot of linemen coming back. A lot yeah. of skill players coming yeah. back. Um, you know that that's going to feel good for you. It does. You know, experience doesn't necessitate or guarantee success, but it certainly helps. You know what some of these guys can do, and so having guys back like Pierre Williams and. Marshall Martin, our offensive line, uh, and there's some young guys that are really good that people don't know about but uh, are going to play a lot more too. So it's exciting. Last thing for you, uh, talking to every defensive coach through camp, yeah. they're glad they won't be facing you anymore soon. Um, what do you think about the defense that Andy's got and the rest of the group back yeah, there? Our staff does an incredible job. Um, we got some young, talented guys. So we got some, uh, you know, got a couple of transfers that have come in mm-hmm. that we, we think are going to be really special. Um, and our guys always do a great job with scheme and, and altering and adjusting based on their talent and who we're playing. So I feel good about our defense. Well, there you go. There are some thoughts from the head coach of your Sacramento State Hornets, Troy Taylor. Now, Coach Taylor knows the importance of all the offensive positions, but certainly the importance of the offensive line is critical to any offense. So let's learn a little bit more about the 2022 offensive line led by assistant head coach and offensive line coach Chris Richardson. Now, Coach Richardson is back. He and Coach Taylor have had great synergy with all their experience together. But in my conversation with the offensive line coach, Coach Richardson, started by asking him about all the returners he has coming back. The guys we got coming back in our, in our you know starting five have all played and played a lot. Um, Brandon Weldon and Troy Stiefel both have been starters for me since 2019. Jackson Slater, Ivan Garza both started eight to ten games last year. 
Nathan Mejia at center uh, had some game experience. We we limited his action, but he's he's chomping at the bit, ready to go. Has played a lot of football in his life, so I'm really excited about that group. And then we have some quality depth too. Um, you know, guys like Paul Sonialofa and Caden Richardson and Donnie Long, all guys that have all played in college football games. So it's good to have that much experience. So if the Hornets were traveling this week, per se, how many linemen typically would you want to bring? Eight, nine, ten? What's, uh, what's we, your t- we, we typically want to bring ten, you yeah. know. I mean, and again, if we get in a situation where we can play all ten, we will. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, if we had to go to nine, that's fine, too, because I feel like, you know, and I preach all the time to my guys being interchangeable. Um, you know, we're always going to play the next best guy. It's not always who the number two guy is at that position. It's, hey, who's the best five I can get on the field at once. So, you know, we're constantly working on interchangeable pieces. But if we can bring, you know, nine to ten guys, that's perfect. How many of your guys do you want to be able to play multiple spots or are a lot of them just locked in at left tackle or center? Or you know, again, it, it, the more guys I can have that can shuffle the pieces, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously as a college season wears on, I mean – you know, if all of a sudden you think you got two right tackles and two guys get hurt, well, you need to find that third guy. And is it, sometimes bumping a guard out is the best thing, you know. So that's where we feel like, you know, I, I give the example of Jackson Slater and Brandon Weldon. Hey, you know, Brandon had a season where he started at right tackle and played, you know, 13 games. And then Jackson in the spring played all left tackle. So they're interchangeable and not to mention as many guys in our offense who can snap the football. You know, something happens at center – you know, we got a guy like Caden Richson who's played a lot and snapped his whole his whole high school and college career. But I also got other guys like you know uh, Jackson Slater, Tyler Perez, Paul Sonialofa that can go in there at center too. So I, I'm a big guy preaching multiple position, and uh, I you know in the way we teach it, you know you got you can't just know one spot. You kind of kind of know what everybody's doing. So I'd, I'd like to think with as experienced as this group is that I feel pretty comfortable in ability to do that. When you are thinking about a Hornet offensive lineman, recruiting an offensive lineman, coaching him, what, what do you see? What do you want your guys to be? Well, you know, everybody wants the six, seven, three hundred pound guys, right? But it, you know, we're going to take guys that that mentally are the right fit. They got to be smart. They got to be, you know, guys that think quickly. They got to be tough. You know, when I'm recruiting an offensive lineman. You know, is he a guy that, you know, misses a game? Is the coach telling me that he's injured a lot? A guy that's in there, a guy that's willing to put his face in in a pile and get gritty, you know. Um, But, again, you know, size and athleticism is a big part of it too. You know, we'll look for athletes over just giant guys that maybe can only run inside zone. You know, we want to be able to have linemen that can pull out in space, run the screen game, be pass protectors. So sometimes that gets you where maybe you're not taking the biggest human being you can find. But, you know, guys that, again, that are willing to put in the work, that are tough as nails and coachable, you give me a, a, a 6'3", 280 guy that's got all those things, and that guy can be a heck of a football player for us. How much of a factor is your lineman's con- conditioning? Because sometimes Troy, you know, I mean, you've been with him a long time, he'll dial that up, and you guys are, you oh, guys are going. Huge part of it, right? And, and that's where I always – you know, a high school lineman comes in, let's say he is a 6'5", 290 guy, and he feels like I need to be 320 because that's what the NFL guys look like. We don't want those guys. We want our guys lean. You know, we preach uh, body composition over weight. You know, so if you're if you're a 295 slow guy, then, hey, let's get you to 285, you know, and, and where you can run and move because at the end of the – 
the big part of this is the conditioning factor. We're going to mix tempos. We're going to go as fast as we can a lot of times. Um, so, yeah, that conditioning piece, and that's where Ryan Dietrich is a rock star. You know, the amount of, of effort and work that him and his staff have put into our offensive linemen. When you watch our guys, our guys can run, and they can run for a long time, you know, and they're powerful, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited where our guys are and how well they've trained in the offseason, and, and that's hats off to Coach Dietrich and his staff. They're, our guys are ready to roll. I know uh, in the booth we marveled at the two quarterbacks, and fans did too. What's the challenge for the offensive line? I know it's still run block, pass block, but, you know, when you've got a different voice, maybe every play coming in yeah. leading the huddle, how's that? Well, that's that's a great thing about how we rep our practice, right? They're they're all in there, you know, and, you know, yeah, they have different, you know, you try and get it where they don't have different cadences, but the, the volume of the voice sometimes, you know, some guys, you know, Jake barks out pretty good, Ash's a little quiet, so Ash, you got to speak up, you know, and I'll stand right ne- next to him in practice and, feel like if he needs to speak up a little bit that that I'll say hey my guys can't hear you again you know but that just because the way we practice it and those guys are constantly interchanging in our practice makes the game where it's not an issue at all it's just something we do yeah how about your thoughts on the offense the totality of it what do you think you guys have for the year I'm excited we got a lot of guys coming back Um, again like you mentioned you know two great quarterbacks really a whole quarterback room of, of really talented quarterbacks we got you know running backs that are young but all have had great experience um really excited to see you know the 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 running back tandem you know with Fulcher and Scadaboo back there and then you got Tal Tolliver coming in those are three super talented backs um and our receiving core you know Pierre Williams is a complete stud Mm -hmm. I always joke with him that guy can block and I always tell him hey anytime I need a left tackle I'm coming (laughs) to get you because you're such a great blocker he knows it's a it's a compliment you know but um, and more athleticism and speed and depth in that position. So I, I'm I'm excited about what our offense, you know, is going to be able to do this season. And then the last thing I have for you, all your success at Folsom, chose to come here. Yep. I'm sure you visioned it could be successful, but, I mean, two years, two titles, fast track, it, faster than you thought it would be? Uh, you know, I mean, we, we've, Troy and I, when we were at Folsom all those years, you know, thought that this would be a great spot mm-hmm. and, and always felt like, you know, we felt like what we do offensively once we got the right pieces in place. And there were a lot of great pieces when we got here, you know. So that was one, we, you know, we showed up and there was some, I had some really talented offensive linemen already there. And we did a, a great job of, of getting guys to fit our offense. And the kids did a great job of learning it. And then the recruiting piece, you know, we always felt like we can get there and get our style, our exciting style of play on both sides of the ball, obviously with Coach Thompson and and then Coastal Pan special teams that were a, a, an exciting, fun product to watch and get the community behind us that we always felt like then the recruiting aspect of it would take off, and that's kind of what we feel. You know, it's been a it's been a a, a great jump. You know, coming over here had a ton of success at Folsom. Obviously, super proud of that. But that was always the goal: come here and and do the same things we were doing at Folsom, but just do it at the Big Sky level and. And now our goal is to win the big sky again and, and, and make a big push into the playoffs, you know. But to do that, it's one game at a time and just keep preparing and, and you know, keep guys where they're improving all year and, and then cut it loose and have fun on Saturdays and see what happens. There's some perspective from offensive line coach and assistant head coach Chris Richardson. Now let's kind of stay in that offensive line area, the tight ends. They're going to be doing some blocking, certainly some pass catching, route running, all that. So it's a complicated position, and the one that's guiding that group is 
back again. Coach Jeremy LaPan is back guiding the tight ends. And I asked him how refreshing, how reasserting is it for him knowing that Marshall Martin is back for another season with the Hornets. He's an absolute stud, constant uh, professional, um, you know, really, really intelligent, bright guy, really instinctual, um, extremely explosive, got great hands. Um, and the, I think that his be- best attribute is his competitive spirit. He goes out there every day and just competes, competes. Um, you know, we, we record everything with our with our catapult data and, He's reaching 20 miles per hour, 21 miles per hour, super twitchy. Um, obviously, you turn on the tape and, and it yeah. shows. Still, we're working on like refining some of his skills because you know nobody's perfect. Um, so, you know, he he can tell you just as well as uh, the other tight ends like how critical I am of him. Um, but there's no lapse in uh, you know, holding him accountable for maybe a bad route or bad footwork or something. But he's getting better every single day. How much? Well, really, probably for any of your great offensive players, but there's good running backs. You got a good group of receivers, and here's your tight end group that I think would be difficult to game plan for you guys, knowing that any one of these individuals or position groups can burn you. Yeah, um, you know, and Coach Taylor does a great job with spreading that ball around. Um, you know, trying to press the ball up the field and vertical. And I tell Marshall all the time, it's show off your speed. If you don't get the ball on a certain rep that's fine but respect the process by you running a go route over the top of somebody's head makes the decoordinate a little bit nervous it might open up an underneath route for you know pierre williams or a chris miller or a parker clayton or whoever it is um so yeah i mean we're we got a lot of talent across the board and my, my hat's off to the other coaches for how hard that they've coached their guys and uh in the recruiting process to recruiting the right guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the rest of your room. It's not just Marshall Martin. you got other guys, thankfully for yourself, too. Five other tight ends. What do you think about your group collectively and, and, and the guys that are we should expect to contribute this year? Uh, yeah, um, so Marshall obviously is electric. Uh, the other guys, i got two young guys, um, you know, Coleman Koontz, uh, really excited about him. He had, a, he had a great senior highlight tape and is doing a tremendous job, super aggressive and competitive. Austin Gerard transferred from Oklahoma State, local kid. Um, love him, and you can't forget about Charlie McBride, local Rockland kid, um, who contributed a lot in uh, in the run game last year. Um, and when, whenever his number was called, and you know, I think I think our two tight end set was, I, I mean, one of our more effective packages when when running the football. Um, so you know, we got those four guys, and then we got two other young young guys in Kobe Weeks from Granite Bay High School, and then. Uh, um, Will Scaldi from Lemoore, and you know Will Scaldi is a big six five, two twenty five kid, um, really really good with his with his uh, end of the line blocking. Kobe Weeks really good route runner, you know combined. I mean they they pose a threat as well. So I got I got really feel like I got six guys who can play, and you know Marshall's kind of leading the head there, and uh, um, but the future is looking bright for the for the Hornets at tight end. Yeah, I would think, too, in some programs, I mean, they're maybe just blockers. I mean, here you kind of ask for maybe two tight ends, maybe sometimes three blocking and others going out and route. You guys have to be pretty versatile, don't you? We do have to be pretty versatile. Um, so we're, we're constantly working on our craft. But, um, you know, us here at Sac State, we, we do football all year round, whether it's we're coaching them or, hey, um, here's, a, here's a script. Go out there and kind of do it on your own and, mm-hmm. and uh, go make plays and, and uh, you know, hone your craft and, 
you know it's great with technology nowadays because you can put a video online you know on the Google classroom and hey here are the fundamentals work on these fundamentals and then the maturity and coach Taylor always says that mature teams win championships so I'm constantly preaching that to my guys in order to be mature um, that means you have to be doing the right thing when nobody's watching you know so when we're not watching uh, hopefully those guys are stepping up and and uh, you know sharpening their tools uh, by the time camp hits or spring ball hits or you know this time of your season hits last thing for him thinking about that as you said that like you guys have earned the expectations two straight years of winning the conference title is amazing but then how do you you know, allow them to know that they've got a good thing going, but this year's a new year that, you know, nothing's given. So kind of that balance of being confident but not overconfident. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to get to the top of the mountain than it is, like, stay at the top of the mountain because now you have a big bullseye on your back. Um, I thought I think we were, like, you know, picked up when, like, go second or third in the conference or something like that. Um, but for my guys, it's all about the process. You know, there's a quote that I love by – uh, Bo uh, Shep, Schembechler, um, he was the head coach of, of Michigan for a lot of years. It's you're either getting better, you're getting worse. Um, you never stay the same. And mm-hmm. so I'm constantly preaching to those guys, hey, we didn't play very well, we got worse today. So yeah. now we take one step backwards, now we got to take a couple steps forward, you know. And so constantly just following the process. Everything is process-oriented. Yeah. Hey, hey, how are you on this rep? How was your effort on this rep? And just trying to maintain that standard. Um, cause I don't want to lower the bar. Once you start lowering the bar and saying, oh yeah, you know, you're fine. You, you know, we've kind of arrived. That's when, um, you can really have heartbreak set in. So just holding the standard and respecting the process. Thank you to coach Jeremy LaPan giving us some perspective there on the tight ends. Now we talked about offensive line tight ends. They're going to be out there helping and protecting the quarterbacks. The most important position on the field, according to many, certainly the coach Troy Taylor. And last year, he had the unique position in which he played two quarterbacks in Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara for the majority of the season. And it was wildly successful. It worked beautifully for the Hornets. And both guys are back. And the expectation, as you heard earlier, is that both guys will play quarterback again in a lot of reps for this program. So we're going to get to Bobby Frescas, a former Hornet quarterback and certainly quarterbacks coach on this. But I Ask Bobby first about you know his connection with Troy Taylor, Chris Richardson, those guys, and all the success they had at Folsom. Now they're Hornet coaches, and it's been incredibly successful here too. So I asked Bobby about that. Has this surprised him how well the Hornets have done so quickly as uh, the new coaching staff has taken over? I don't think it's surprising, but for everything to happen as quick as it did, mm-hmm. you know, I think it it was more surprising than everybody else. But as a coach, those are always your intentions to come mm-hmm. in and do well and have success. And, you know, we hit the ground running. But, you know, we, we've had a lot of experience, you know, in that area. Yeah. And, and uh, we've continued with it. And, of course, it comes, you know, with, with coaching. But the players really have to buy into it. And I think that's the most notable thing about our program is, is our culture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. You know, if, if you don't fit in, it's obvious. And we have a group of guys, and I think it's from top down, that have really proven, you know, that that uh, success is is the way we're going to do things around here. Is there? Have you noticed then? So you guys have to do your part, but is there like policing amongst the players then? You know, there is, of course, but it just starts, you know, from from the top down. You know, from Troy to to Coach Dietrich to you know the position coaches to everybody. You know, it's just 
you know, if, if you're not doing things the right way, you're going to be called on it. So you're going to be policed to a certain extent, but, you know, if you're not going to buy in, then you're going to weed yourself out. Yeah. And and we have a bunch of hungry kids who, you know, love football and, you know, they want to contribute. And then they see the success. So when they see success on the field, they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have I have a couple quarterbacks who are chomping at the bit, you know, but they're going to have to wait their time because yeah. we have two guys, you know, who are very solid. But that creates really good work habits, you know, from our quarterback room. Yeah. Well, let's go to the two. I mean, that you guys had a unique spot last year. You kind of, as the season goes on, you decide to play two. You get success from both, and they're both back, and it sounds like you're going <laughs> to rinse and repeat. I mean, but advance, I guess, as they improve. What have you seen from Jake and Asher growth as you get ready to start a new season? You know, Jake's just such a professional. He's been in the program, you know, since, God, uh, May of 2020. Yeah, right after our first season here, he came down. He came in the in the spring, actually 2019. He came in that spring, and with him, his body of work has spoken for itself. You know, he's he's uh, banked a lot of reps, and he offers that. You know, as a uh, as a player, and then gives us confidence because he's like a player. He's like a coach on the field. Yeah. You know, and then Ash, he came in in a little different situation. He had a ton of experience of playing at this level. But at the same time, he just didn't have a lot of reps in our system. So he had to hit the ground running, and he did well because of his, his instincts and that experience. But at the same time, it cost him because he just didn't know the system as well. So now being a year into it, oh, his growth has been exponential. So it's really good to see. And then the dynamic those two have, it's really like any other position, which is kind of unique because I remember when I was playing here, and it was a competition between Aaron and I, and you're just – want to be the guy right where other positions you know you'll play three or four or five people so now those guys treat it like their receivers going in and out of the game so they're always ready always on call and i don't think it hinders you know their performance at all i mean they can be called you know from one play to the next Mm -hmm. and really it's like any other position you know, number one receiver going to number two and so on and so forth. Yeah. I noticed as the year went on, obviously it wasn't a surprise anymore, but you guys were still effective. Yeah. And how do you, you know, when the counter comes, it's like, okay, here, but it doesn't mean you're always running with Asher or you're always throwing with Jake. How do you find the balance or keeping the other team off balance with the two skill sets those guys have? Yeah, you have to work to their strengths for sure, but they can do both. And, and Jake proved that. Jake came in at... 228 pounds yeah. so <laughs> he's looking pretty ripped now yeah and geez he he had got to 190 which we thought was a little too light uh, we think the ideal weight for him was 200 to 205 and he, and he runs a lot better than you think and then ash you know with all those reps that he's banked you know he's a he's an efficient passer as he is a runner but bottom line is with what we do with the quarterbacks and getting them all in those team reps you really have to find their skill set and what they're good at mm-hmm. you know if there's something that they're not good at, it's going to show in film yeah. over, you know, the course of fall camp and, you know, spring football. So you really got to put them in, in situations where they're going to succeed. Yeah, and they're still in that spot where they genuinely seemingly like each other and, and feed off each other's success, seemingly to me. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, it's it's uh, from top to bottom in the quarterback room as well. You know, Jake's like kind of like that father figure, mm-hmm. you know, with everybody and and then he and Ash do a great job of, of coaching up the younger guys, you know, throughout a practice and, and giving them, you know, some words of encouragement or some advice on how to make a read or, you know, what they saw in a certain play. 
So the room is really good yet very competitive because those two backups, they have a lot of wins under their belt in high school with a lot of success at the highest level of high school football. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's trying for them, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, uh, it's also, it's also a, you know, a virtue where, you know, it's just of good, you know, training and creating good habits for them. I'm thinking about Asher too. There's so many maybe high risk plays he may make, but then it's also, man, not many people can make that play. So where do you, maybe on film evaluation, you're like, okay, what was the thought process there though? Nice play. Like how do you, you know, measure that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's real simple just from my, you know, even my experience, you know, going back to playing and with coach Knapp and then coaching and being around coach Taylor a long time, we go through a pre-flight checklist. So every play, they got to be able to manage the play in their head. You know what's what's expected of them. They got to manage the formation. Just make sure that they're taking command. And make sure everybody's you know aligned right. You know they're getting their motions and shifts and all that. But then most importantly, they got to manage the game. They got to know the down and distance and the uh, situation we are in. You know as the game progresses. You know for Ash to make some of those plays that he did last year early on in a game, it's just not smart football. You know, so I think he learned from those mistakes, and and uh, I think it just made him a better player. Mm-hmm. So now, like, uh, for example, against Northern Iowa, he dives on the first drive and fumbles, and it gives them first and 10 on their 20. Dude, live to see another down. Right. You know, let's right. punt the ball. Let's start playing field position rather than giving our defense a short field. Now, if that was the end of the game, by all means, sure. go for it. You know, or not running out of bounds on third and five and you lose seven now we're punting out of our end zone so i think he's learned how to manage the game way better and then we got to keep reminding him take care of yourself mm-hmm. you know because he's more as i tell him you're more important on the field than off sure. the field being injured because yeah. then we lose you know we lose what he brings to the game yeah you brought up earlier too the last thing i have for you bobby as far as your depth you have two other guys that are waiting the wings behind two obviously very good quarterbacks uh tell us a little bit about caden bennett who's got a bunch of experience with you, with your offense and then uh, dorian hale yeah, Caden. You know, we we've coached since his freshman year at Folsom High School, so I I had the pleasure of coaching him all four years there, and uh, he's had a lot of you know opportunities and reps, and that's what it's about in developing quarterback reps in eleven on eleven football. He's had that, but you know there is a learning curve because at this level the game just picks up and it gets a lot faster. So for Caden, it's just to continue to to grow in the offense and then learn what the defenses are doing so he can get to that third and fourth progression you know, and do it efficiently. You know, I always tell those guys, you know, sometimes watching you guys play, and Jake and I were joking about this, it's like watching a scary movie. You don't know, <laughs> you know, how it's going to happen. All of a sudden you, you get startled. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to go in there and sit and and be very calm watching them play. I can do that when I watch Jake and Ash. I want to get to that point where I can sit and watch and know that those guys are going to make the right decisions, you know, every play. Yeah. And Caden's getting closer, and, and, you know, Dorian's on his tail. You know, and Dorian, the only thing that's really hurt him is he came from a system in which they didn't throw the ball. So he doesn't have all those those reps banked, but he gets reps out here. You know, he gets a lot of time, you know, with me in the classroom and then out there in the field. You know, I'm a big proponent of this. You have to, you know, get those mental reps. Coach Knapp used to always say, be a vicarious learner. Even if you're not in, you should be watching. So I always tell the guys, Learning from your own mistakes is great, but learning from others is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, so if Ash makes a mistake and then KB goes in and makes that same mistake, 
shame on him. Right. You know, because that's their only opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because although they've gotten some reps, once we get to the season, those reps are going to shrink and diminish. So now they have to bank on mental reps and then getting in the classroom and watching film and then getting some extra coaching from me. All right, thank you to quarterback coach Bobby Freskis. A lot of pressure, a lot of weight on the shoulders of Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara going into the 2022 season. All right, but they have help. They've got skill players all around them. Let's start with the guys behind them, the running backs. It's another talented group there, as guided by Coach Agnew, who's back in the program as well, a former running back himself. Let's learn a little bit about his group as he talks about uh, his room and the guys he has for the 2022 season. First and foremost, they're all good kids. They get along, and they all love football. Uh, and they are pretty talented. Um, <clears throat> kind of starts with uh, Marcus Fulcher and Cameron Scadaboo as the two guys that come back with the most experience. Um, I'm really proud of those two, first and foremost, because those guys were young guys last year that got their roles elevated and took it and ran with it and made our football team better because of their, uh, their ability to be ready to play and contribute when our number was called on. Uh, I often say last year, uh, Marcus had a really good month, uh, like September, October-ish, and uh, he was probably our best guy in the backfield for a month before he got injured, and Scadaboo came in and was a big-time difference maker, and it was a big part in us winning the conference. So it really starts with those two. Um, then you got the Elijahs, <laughs> Elijah Gable and Elijah Tautoliver. Um EJ's been a guy that's been solid. Uh, for a while, you know, he, he's undersized is what he is, not the biggest guy. The one thing about EJ is he's courageous, not afraid mm-hmm. at all for being a smaller guy. And he's similar to his brother, Isaiah, as far as their games, size-wise, ability-wise. I think EJ might be a little faster. Isaiah was a little bit better laterally. But there's some similarities there. So he gives you some versatility and gives you some good depth. Um, I've been pleased with his progress overall. Um, Elijah Todd Tolliver is a young player for us. He came in the class of 2021. He was the uh, player of the year in Nevada, uh, Gatorade player of the year in Nevada when he uh, was coming out his senior year. So we felt like we got a good player in him, and he's done some good things development-wise. He's gotten more consistent. He's gotten better in his pass protection, and he's been dynamic with the ball in his hands. It gives us a little bit more speed in the room that uh, we haven't had in the past. So. Uh, I think he will have a pretty good year, and he's really good on special teams. So he's a really good dynamic piece, not just for the room, but also for the entire football team. So I'm excited to see kind of how he continues to grow and how he could help us. Um, and then Mike Johnson, he's uh, he's been on the team for this is going on his third year, uh, really one full season. So he still has his full eligibility clip. Uh, Mike has been improving. Um, he needs to get more consistent overall just with the whole pass protection piece. That's where really all starts with running backs is is protecting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So once he gets more consistent with that, he'll have a chance to uh, try to get some more playing time. But he has to get more consistent with the pass protection piece. He does flash as a runner because he has good vertical speed and he's pretty decisive as a runner. Um, and then you round it out with Zeke Burnett, the local product mm-hmm. from Elk Grove. Uh, <laughs> you know, Zeke. He is a guy that has talent. Um, we saw that talent in him. The biggest thing for him is learning the system. We put a lot on our running backs here at Sac State as far as pass protection goes, run blocking. Um, I often say Sac State is the home of the complete running back just mm-hmm. because of all the things we ask those guys to do. So I think Zeke, once he learns the system and gets more comfortable, I think he'll be a good player for us. Um, 
he's kind of dealt with some some stuff injury wise during camp so far, but he's got some ability. Uh, really good one one cut runner, gets vertical fast. Um, he's got good size to him already. He's already two hundred and five pounds coming in. And so I think he'll be like a 215, 220-pound guy when it's all said and done after he gets done with uh, Coach Dietrich, our strength coach, his uh, strength conditioning, which, by the way, he's as good as it gets. So, um, but, yeah, that kind of that kind of rounds out the room right there. A um, lot of good talent, um, good players that love football, that love to work. Um, and I couldn't ask for a better group, to be honest. It's never a dull moment, and, you know, I'm great for the coaching. So what – when you're – I don't know if you're looking into the room, you're looking at a future recruit – you ask a lot of these guys of running backs, what's a what's a perfect fit? What do you want from, from your Hornet running backs? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I think the running back room is the home of the complete running back. As far as being a running back at Sac State, you got to be complete. you got to be able to catch the ball. you got to be at least willing as a protector. We'll teach you how to protect the right way and teach your protections, but you got to be willing. At the end of the day, when you play running back, you got to be special with the ball in your hands. At the end of the day, we don't recruit guys that can't make guys miss or break tackles. Yards of the contact is a premium with the position. If you cannot get his yards of the contact or make the first guy miss or the safety miss, you know, you really shouldn't have any spot in Division One, let alone Sac State. So when you're looking at a guy, you're looking at a guy first off, okay, is he tough, right? Is he going to be able to handle the workload of, you know, the, as, as much blocking as we ask our guys to do? Is he going to be special with the ball in his hands? Is he going to be able to catch the ball? Mm-hmm. Is he smart? Can he learn? Um, you got to love football to play here at Sac State. That's just reality. If you don't love football, you will not make it. So, you know, some of those qualities, that's what we look for in a running back. You know, it's it's a lot, and we're picking who we uh, who we go after. So but I think the the, uh, the process works because we got some good players. And watching you guys play the position, I mean, you'll do two backs sometimes, one back, five wide with a running back out there. I mean, you, you guys have to kind of know a little bit of everything with that offense. Yeah, no, it, it's true. We do a lot with our guys. They line up at number three, number two, number one, two guys in the backfield. They're in the boundary. They're doing motion shifts, training and so on and so forth. So they do a lot of things, and I think that helps them learn the game better. And so because of that, I think people do like playing in this system because you're doing so many different things, so many creative things. That's a testament to Coach Taylor and the work he's done with the, with the scheme that we have here. And I appreciate him from a running back coach perspective using the running backs in a multitude of ways, you know, not just being in the backfield and doing your basic protections, right? He has us doing a lot of different things where it puts a strain on our guys learning-wise, but it also broadens their horizon and also my horizon as well as a coach. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun brand to play running back in the system. It really is. Is it a challenge for those guys? Last year was pretty unique to see. About game four, you went two quarterbacks, which isn't very common. Sounds like going to happen again this year with Jake and Asher. Just a different voice, different cadence, different styles. Is that a challenge for the running backs when they're shuffling in and out? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we do a lot of work with both of them. And so we try to create a comfort with both Ash and Jake and even all the other quarterbacks that may play at some point. Uh, so I don't think it's too much of an issue because we will ball handle with both quarterbacks, so there is a comfort level, and that's something that we intentionally do because we know we, you know, we do play two quarterbacks and play them frequently. So I don't think it'd be an issue to be honest. I don't. Lastly, for you, uh, do you personally set any numbers, goals, targets for your running backs? Do you have a a few things in mind for the 2022 year from your group? Yeah, so that's a rule of mine in the room is to not set any individual statistical goals, and nor do I set any group goals because I don't want it to be centered around us. I want it to be centered around trying to help the team be better. And I created that rule after my first year coaching at North Dakota. Uh, you know, I had a few backs that were very talented, 
Um, you know, they both played slash are playing professionally. Um, and so those guys had ambitious numbers, and I'm all for the ambition. But the reality is, is there was two guys in the room, and there's a lot of people on the offense that are touching the ball. And so I don't want guys to get down on themselves when they're not reaching their own goals. And so I was like, okay, we're not going to set any individual statistical goals nor any room goals. The only goals we may set are no balls on the grounds and no sacks. Mm-hmm. Those may be the only goals that we may set. Otherwise, it's like, eh, let's let's make sure let's keep it the the keep it about the team. Yeah, it's kind of what I try to do. So, all right, we wrap up our position battles on the offensive side with the wide receivers. This is a big group, a lot of players out there for Coach Tyler Osborne. So let's get into it and hear from the coach himself as he discusses the uh, the loads of talent the Hornets have at the wide receiver position. You know, we got a lot of guys that played for us uh, last year that are coming back and really excited. Um, about you know those guys that are coming back, but even some new guys that were added into the mix. Um, you know that we have uh, three kind of newcomers that have come in over the summer in Sawyer Merrill, um, who came from American River College, um, Carlos Hill, who's initially from Miami, um, but who's now uh, now out here in California, went to Antelope Valley Junior College, and then um, Kyron Griffin Isom, who is uh, a transfer from Troy, um, who played junior college ball out here as well. So. I'm excited about the guys that we have coming back, and then also a couple guys we've added to the mix recently. How do you weigh the difference? I mean, those guys have experience, but they're new to the Hornets versus the guys that have been around. But even if it's a year, they know the system, they know you. What, how do you measure those qualities? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's something that obviously being here and, uh, and, and in our system for like a guy like Pierre, who's mm-hmm. been here for going into his fourth year, you know, in our offensive system, he's going to have quite a bit of knowledge and a base layer of what we do here. Um, you know, kind of down in the offense. And those those other guys that came in, it's it's a lot thrown at them at first. Um, but all three have kind of, you know, taken it in and, and adjusted and learned the, the system pretty quickly. And so I think, you know, that's really what fall camp's for. It's to get these guys a ton of practices, a ton of reps. You know, they're not really in school yet right now. And so they're able to really focus on football and, um, and kind of learn the system. And I think um, by the end of fall camp, that kind of part of it, of, of learning the offense and everything for the most part, um, kind of evens itself out because mm-hmm. we get so many reps without or throughout fall camp. What kind of a security blanket for you as a coach of this group is Pierre? I mean, just the reps he's had, the resume, the production, and he's got another year for you. Yeah, yeah, he's um, you know he's a phenomenal person um, first and foremost. Um, which I think if you just look at how he lives his life and kind of how um, he goes about kind of doing every little thing in his life, both on and off the field, um, you know, to the best of his abilities and 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 kind of to the highest degree that he can and I think that that bleeds into his play you know he's a very consistent player for us um, very smart um, we can put him in a lot of different spots across the field and really he can play almost any eligible position in our offense and um, he knows it inside and out and you know, he's obviously got a great um, skill set and a lot of physical attributes that um, can really help us you know he attacks the ball when it's in the air um, very fluid um, really good at releases and so uh, we we look at him like he's a he's a guy that we can count on, you know. And there's a lot of guys in the room that we feel the same way about. Uh, but obviously, he's done it here for for quite a few years, and really excited to have him back for another year. Would you say he's the leader of the group, or is he more of a leader by example? Kind of who who's who's the voice in the room besides you? Yeah, you know that's the one thing I've always kind of challenged the group a little bit with is we have a lot of guys that um that are kind of more quiet, more reserved guys. They kind of lead by example. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Even you know, the diva position? Yeah, even the diva <laughs> position. Now, there's there's some guys there's some guys that, uh, that definitely like to 
you know, talk a little bit more and all that. But as far as the guys that you know, are kind of the leaders in the group, you know, I'd say they're all more leaders by example. And mm-hmm. I don't look at that like it's a bad thing. Right. You know, every once in a while when, you know, I'm trying to get the group going, if we're not off to a good start on the day or if there's something trying to get corrected, I, you know, I try and challenge those guys to, you know, kind of help and, and step in and get those guys going too, just so it's not always, you know, coach having to do it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately those guys um, are great leaders by example. And, um, you know, we have quite a few of them on the team. When when you're recruiting, I mean, obviously speed's going to pop out, size, um, hands, but like you know, route running, the importance of understanding off. Like, wh- how does I don't know how do you evaluate all of that when you're trying to find your your you know dream Hornet receivers? Yeah, I mean, it, from a recruiting perspective, I'm always looking for guys that can run fast and catch the ball extremely well. So if you have those two traits where you can run really fast and you can catch the ball really well, um, you know that's that's usually kind of the starting point for me. And when I mean catch the ball, well, I'm not even talking about just like, hey, you're wide open and, you know, we've got a corner playing off coverage. It's kind of bailing and, you know, we're you know wide open and we're catching the ball, right? Everyone should be able to go out there and make those plays. Um, but, you know, when they're making having, or having to make contested catches when somebody's gloved up on them in man coverage and, you know, we got to come down with it, I think ultimately um, that's kind of what I'm looking for when I'm talking about catching the ball and guys that can run. Um, and then beyond that, you know, we have to have guys that are just really good football players from a kind of a field standpoint. Um, we do a lot of things in our offense where they need to understand space and leverage and things of that nature. And um, guys that have just a good feel for the game um, and a good understanding of, you know, where defenders are and mm-hmm. things of that nature really can help them, you know, get open more yeah. and, and catch more balls. And so ultimately when it comes down to playing time and all that, you know, us as coaches at every position, we're just looking for guys that, that produce and, and execute at, at the highest rate. Yeah. And so sometimes that looks a little different than what your typical mold that you're looking for is. But ultimately, if a guy's, you know, in my position at receiver, if they're coming down with a lot of balls and they're getting open and doing the right thing from an assignment standpoint, then, hey, regardless of how they're, you know, how they're getting open or yeah. how fast they're running, as long as they're coming down with some balls and, um, and doing what they're you know, supposed to on each play, that's what we're looking for. And for you and really for the receivers, it's probably nice to be in Troy's office. I mean, you guys are busy. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. So uh, we, uh, we we definitely love, as a receiver group, we definitely love being in this offense. You know, Coach Taylor uh, does a phenomenal job with our offensive scheme, um, both in the run game and the pass game. Um, his pass game is unique, uh, as many parts of his offense are, and it definitely gives some, I can kind of put freedom within some kind of parameters, you know, within our guys of being able to, to do different things on offense. And, um, and I think that really helps those guys, um, you know, catch more balls and, and create more space and get open. And uh, it's definitely very fun for them. And, you know, we have a lot of explosive plays yeah. in the receiver room every year because of naturally what he does in offense. And receivers love catching <laughs> the ball and having explosive plays. So, Last thing I'll ask you, uh, Coach, is that I, I asked the defensive guys kind of what they think of the offense, and they're anxious to be done with going against you guys. Uh, conversely, I'll ask you, I mean, How's Coach uh, Key and Whitfield doing with the the secondary that you guys, your receivers, have to go against? Yeah, they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, you know, those guys give us a really good, um, like it's really good competition every day going against them, both the corners and the safeties and kind of the, the nickel position that those two guys um, assist in coaching. And um, overall, you know, we've got some really good players in the back end, some older guys too as well. Um, so it's a very competitive uh you know, environment every day in practice. And both of those coaches are phenomenal coaches. And um, not only are they very um, sound from a schematic standpoint in the back end, but technique wise, they do um, a lot of really good things that make it tough on us. And I'm glad that 
I get a little frustrated sometimes having to play <laughs> against them every day in practice, but I'm sure glad we, we have them on our side on Saturday. So Get you ready. Gets us ready, yeah. And, um, you know, and our guys are, you know, they get along great, so it's always a very competitive um, uh, battle every day in practice. But, you know, the DBs and receivers ultimately, you know, love each other, and it's a, it's a good kind of healthy, healthy battle every time. All right, my thanks to all of the coaches that joined us for our offensive coaches preview today, whether it was Coach Agnew in the backfield, you just heard from Coach Osborne, Coach Richardson, Coach Frescas, Coach LaPan, and, of course, uh, Coach Troy Taylor. My thanks to that entire group. Next week on the podcast, we'll take a look at defense and special teams and a preview of the home and season opener against Utah Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend, tell everyone, tell Hornet Nation that we're out there. We appreciate you all listening to episode one of the 2022 season of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Hornet football podcast.